Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Welcome to a special Advent edition of the B-Side podcast. My name is John Robinson. I am one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and in Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania today. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks, welcome back, John. Uh, I'm Matt Leloyan. I'm one of the pastors here as well. And um, John, the lights in your beard for Advent look really nice well, today. Thank you very those, much. those really shiny. You, you swore off those, I thought, a couple I did, years ago. I, but... I did. I did. But, uh, <laughs> you know, certain seasons call for it. And this, this, uh, this season of life, uh, just as it requires, I will be uh, I'll be fully fully uh, Christmas treeing my beard this year. <laughs> That's a terrible, terrible joke. How dare you? <laughs> had to try, had to That's try, a, man. Yeah. Had to try. We'll see. We'll see if we can get you one of these years. To yeah, do the, the full full Christmas Maybe. beard. I don't know if there's enough alcohol in Pennsylvania. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, it was, it was a nice change of pace. This is the first sermon B-side podcast we've done, um, not in the book of judges. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were ready a while ago. I think, (laughs) uh, as much, man, I did, I did enjoy that series. Um, I've had a lot of feedback from folks that have said they've really appreciated the deep dive. Um, and I think, I think something that I'm grateful that, that we value, um, as pastors, as elders Mm -hmm. in the church is that, that the old Testament is just as much the word of God as the new. And finding ways to, to really to really do a deep dive into the Old Testament books, um, I think, is really important and something we're still committed to doing and Absolutely. we want to do in, in years to come. But yeah. but you do hit the bottom of those spirals, the uh, yeah. the, the end of Ecclesiastes, the end of right. Judges moments, and you're like, man, thanks be to God, that is not the only part of uh, right. scripture that there is. Uh, it's it. I think one of the, the the best things about the Book of Judges was. Kind of like the the ways in which kind of the the cultural cultural narrative, if you will, um, hasn't really changed too much over time. Like we can see a lot of parallels between um, people doing what is right in their own eyes then and uh, and today. And so I think for mm-hmm. me that was one of those things that I was like, man, like it, people just don't change. We've just invented new ways of committing the same old sins. Yeah. So, the author of Ecclesiastes might say, "There's nothing new under the sun." He might say, "He might, might say he that." Might say that. May, he may have said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's exactly right. That's right. exactly right. Yeah. And we are on to a, a new series that we're going to do just for the the uh, several weeks that we're mm-hmm. we're in Advent together, yeah. looking at the threefold office of Christ, as it's sometimes referred to: Jesus mm-hmm. as the the prophet, priest, and king. Yeah. Um, Something that actually shows up all over Scripture, uh, anticipating Jesus and his fulfillment of those three roles in the Old Testament, and then seeing the fulfillment uh, in the New Testament, reflecting right. back on that in the epistles and the rest of the, the New Testament writings. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, excited to, to delve into that. Um, mm-hmm. Something that um, you know was made famous more in the catechisms uh, mm-hmm. of, of the church 500 mm-hmm. plus years ago, uh, where 
Uh, they took these massive amounts of scriptures that talk about Jesus in these offices mm-hmm. and uh, really created a succinct summary of yeah. um, of seeing Jesus as a fulfillment of, yeah. of all three of those. Yeah, I pulled a little uh, Heidelberg Catechism reference this week. Yeah, that which was nice. Of the of the catechisms written in the 1500s, um, this is this is me nerding out for a second. So mm. feel free to disregard if this is just completely of no interest to you whatsoever. But um, there's some great catechisms in the history of the church. Uh, there's certainly creeds that go back even much further than the catechisms that were mm-hmm. that tended to be written more in the 15s and 1600s, um, 1700s. The the Heidelberg the the language and the tone of it is warmer. Then, for example, the Westminster Catechism. I, I also really appreciate the Westminster Catechism, several other catechisms that are out there. But the, um, the Heidelberg, the, the tone of it, uh, the way it talks about um, the things of God mm-hmm. and about salvation and about mm-hmm. Christ, um, in, my, in my own opinion at least, and I think this is opinion that I've, that I've also read and, and shared with, with other people, but... Um, the tone mirrors the the heart of God more and, mm-hmm. and feels warmer as opposed mm-hmm. to just more kind of a uh, of a stoic uh, kind of statement of, of truth. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate the flavor of the Heidelberg for sure. Yeah, nice. No, it's. I think that's that's good. I think we you know of the of the three that we kind of look to a lot, uh, the Heidelberg, the Westminster, and then the London Baptist Confession. Is a, has a special place in that one does for you. Baptist that way. one does. So. That's right. Got a, got a the uh, the old Baptist confession. That's the, the, the 16, LBC, 1689. 1689. 1689. 1689. LBC. Yeah, so. they just you know they they just needed to like not add to what was already so perfect about the mm. 1563 Heidelberg. Or just correcting the error. That's all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah. No, I think I think all of those um, are such good tools. Um, and gifts really to the church. I know we're we're using uh, we're using some catechisms mm. um, with our kids and going through some of that with our kids. We use uh, we've used kind of um, kind of a mishmash of all of them. The yeah the New City Catechism, which was put out by Redeemer Presbyterian in New York, Tim Keller's church. Fantastic, super super great, super great uh, resource yeah. uh, for kids. There's songs. There's there's prayers. Although the prayers are a little a little more high and lofty. I mean, when you're starting to like read your kids Calvin's prayers and they don't translate that or or put it into the the children's vernacular, yeah, a little tougher, a little tougher, yep. but still really good stuff. The songs that they've uh, produced yes. for those yep. get stuck in my head. They are they're really well done. So yeah, between that and Slugs and Bugs uh-huh. uh, CDs, which we've we've gotten into a lot lately, um, really yep. helpful resources for for um, discipling our own kids, and so. That's yeah, I, I agree yeah. completely. I, and in the spirit of catechisms, we'll put it this way: Question: What catechism should you use for your own children in your home? Answer: answer. The New City Catechism. The New, the new City Catechism. The, the new city yeah. catechism. So if you have children under the age of twelve and you're not using the New City Catechism, uh, I think you're missing out on a really great resource that's been been given to the church. So, yep, uh, thank that's a good you, one. Thank you, Tim and Kathy. Yeah. Yep, that's a great, you guys. great resource. Yeah, I, I know Tim's listening right now, as he always does. He's a big week. fan, big fan huge, of the B side podcast. He, he can't get enough. We get emails constantly. He actually plagiarizes, I think, from us. As many people will get caught plagiarizing from him, I think he plagiarizes. Okay, that's we, okay. yeah, we'll move on from that. The uh, uh, enough, enough lies. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so this first week, John, in this new series, uh, we just kind of did a big picture view. Uh, yeah. All three offices, mm-hmm. and then in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll zoom in. Uh, yeah. This next week, actually, you're going to be up talking about yeah. Jesus as the king. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about Jesus as the prophet, Jesus as the priest, and then we'll kind of mm-hmm. bring it all together uh, on Christmas Eve. But yeah. um, this first week, just doing a big picture flyover of Jesus fulfilling all three of these mm-hmm. offices. The Apostle Paul words, Paul's words in particular, Colossians chapter 1, or mm-hmm. uh, one of a couple places in Scripture where you can kind of glimpse uh, the fulfillment of Jesus' fulfillment of all three mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, so got into that uh, yesterday, um, and hopefully in a way that uh, if you're still meeting with your Bible study group or just even in your own among your friends or your family talking about mm-hmm. sermons, um, hopefully in a way that didn't make it too difficult for you to translate um, you know, what to do with this now or how to think about this mm-hmm. now or the difference that, that Jesus' fulfillment of these three three offices makes uh, even in this cultural moment. Um, mm-hmm. Really just uh, in leading up to Sunday, um, saw even in my own life and in some of the discussions that you and I and um, our elders here have been having with mm-hmm. people, the relevance for seeing Jesus as the the preeminent mm-hmm. prophet, priest, and king yeah. um, in how we navigate decisions today. Yeah, no, it's it's so helpful for us to be reminded of um, of the ways in which Christ is is fulfilling or has fulfilled, but as we're kind of looking at from the Advent standpoint, is fulfilling um, these these promises and these roles that that were were had by men, uh, were had by by men who were anointed by God, uh, a prophet role, a priest role, a kingly role. Uh, and, and even as we've seen throughout Judges, um, although we haven't gotten into much necessarily the kings, but like how much leaders, even from a prophet standpoint, uh, from a priest standpoint, um, and like even kind of like how that, that kingly office is, is kind of kind of occupied, but not really specifically in a kingly office through some of the, um, through, the through some of the judges, how they they all fall short. They all consistently mm. fall short of, mm. of, of being good, of being right, of being pure, and yet Christ comes and he is the, the, the greatest prophet, he's mm. the greatest priest, and he's the greatest king. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, man, like even as we we're talking about hope this week, mm. it's such a good reminder for us mm. um, that we have our hope uh, in, in not in men, mm. but we have our hope in Christ who comes who who rules and reigns? Yeah. Who, who who has stepped down uh, to be uh, the lowly with hmm. with humanity, with hmm. his people, with his creation? Mm-hmm. Um, and we have hope because because God never lies to us. Yeah, uh, and He fulfills these things perfectly. And so, yeah, uh, just reminded of that this week is such, and I, and I hope this is an encouragement for those who you who are listening um, that that God does keep His promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and that his promises are yes and amen in Jesus, hmm. that those things come true, and that we have a hope because of, of what Christ has done. Hmm. Um, and, and in that, he's fulfilled the prophet, priest, and king role. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, well said. The um, Just some specific ways maybe to take, to take uh, this first week and kind of explore the implications of, uh, and the applications in our own lives of Jesus fulfilling these three roles. When you think about uh, Jesus as the preeminent king, um, we, and I think many of us as Christians would acknowledge this statement in fact, but would struggle to, to actually 
live it out in, in life, in practice. Mm-hmm. But that we're far too incompetent to run our own lives. We really do need yeah. a king who will lead us and keep us. Mm-hmm. One of the specific ways I think that we resist that um, even even culturally as Americans is we're just hardwired to be suspicious of consolidated power and authority. Right. And we can let that bleed over from from whatever political standpoint we, we might have. Mm-hmm. We can let that bleed over into our view of Jesus and, and the kingdom of God. Right. In, in which case, when we do that, um, we are actually setting ourselves in, at odds with in opposition to mm-hmm. Um, who Jesus is and what he's what he's revealed so that that comes up even in our day um, in a day when many of us um, including you and I John are concerned about okay what does it look like to live as a citizen of uh, a state and of a nation Mm -hmm. where uh, in the midst of a pandemic there are um, the word for 2020 is unprecedented so some Mm -hmm. unprecedented um, mandates coming down from from governmental authorities of uh, restricting certain individual liberties and so okay how do we navigate that as citizens of a state and a nation Um, how do we also though navigate life as citizens of a kingdom Mm -hmm. whose foundation is unshakable and that has no end uh, with Jesus as the king and and if we let our view of how we navigate life as citizens of one completely bleed over into the other Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to do some damage to 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 really seeing our need for a king to lead us yeah absolutely yeah, it's, it's really hard, I think, um, for us, as you said, kind of built into and hardwired into the American experience is this sense of uh, rebellion against authority. Yep. Um, I mean, our first act as a, as a country was um, to rebel. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of what we've we've always done. We always like to do. And so, like, what does submitting to um, to God as king like there's there's a willful submission right piece of this sure like where we willfully submit and then there's a piece where like every knee will bow and every tongue will confess right aspect of this like he's not he's not asking yeah nicely sure um for for you to to comply he is god and i think that that is so important for us to remember hmm. right mm-hmm. that that it's not this this uh, as a king, he's not this uh, you know this political kind of um, ideologue who's just kind of like hey if you would, if you would like to come and be a part of my kingdom like you're welcome to come and be a part of my kingdom. No, this is God. Mm-hmm. This is the preeminent one. This mm-hmm. is the 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 sovereign one, the Almighty one, the Creator mm-hmm. of everything. And there is a um, there is going to be a day, and there will be a day in which every knee will bow and every tongue mm-hmm. will confess that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that is uh, to their joy or to their detriment. Yeah. Um, and so for us to be reminded of the fact that, that Jesus is king is to put our hope in the one true authority mm-hmm. um, who is Christ. And so, yeah, I, th- I think the, um, the trusting and the hoping that we have in Jesus, as you were saying, like we're far too incompetent to run our own lives. Yeah. Um, so we need to we need to trust someone who is significantly more competent and knows more. Even when we think, "Hey, this makes sense for me. Um, this makes sense in my um, with my perspective or my history or, or mm-hmm. what we know." Um, if it if it contradicts the Word of God, mm-hmm. we're wrong. Yeah. Yep. We're wrong. And, and so yeah. Like that is the kingly rule that that Jesus has, yeah, um, and rightfully so because of who he is. Yeah, that's that's right. And it's 
there's there's an inconvenience either way. So like there's an inconvenience of submitting to to Jesus as king willfully, mm-hmm. in which case you're going to you're going to practice here and now dying to yourself. You're going to it's not going to go your way. Mm-hmm. Things that you you know, which of course if we kind of zoom out and go like okay, whose whose decisions and whose leadership is better, mine or Jesus's? Mm-hmm. Well, it's always Jesus's. I, I know myself well enough to know that I make the wrong calls and I've made the wrong calls plenty of times in my life. I am too incompetent to run my own life, let alone lead in any other way left right. to myself. Um, so there's the inconvenience of willfully submitting, in which case you're saying I am going to die to the things that I think I should have or that mm-hmm. my, my flesh will assert um, and try to rise up there within me. The inconvenience of um, not embracing that now, of trying to live your own life, of mm-hmm. trying to assert yourself over and against Jesus. Your own life, your best life, Which one? whichever one. Whichever one. Okay. The inconvenience of that is like you are, you are setting yourself up now against the grain of how God is working in the world right. and has designed the world, and one day every knee will bow. Um, it, it, we are we are graciously invited into the kingdom and and, and to um, by humbling ourselves by submitting to His reign to enter into that kingdom. Mm-hmm. But there is that sense of whether we, his rule is not legitimized by our acceptance of it. His rule right. is legitimized by his rule. <laughs> right. And like whether or not we buy into that or not, it, as as, um, mm-hmm. as Paul writes elsewhere, one day every knee will bow, every tongue mm-hmm. confess uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I think he writes that in, in Philippians, if I'm mm-hmm. remembering correctly, right after he talks about how Jesus humbled himself, the, mm-hmm. the, the high and humble king. You know, he mm-hmm. came into... Uh, the world and humbled himself as we celebrate in Advent, yeah. and then he will be exalted. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and then he's also priest. You know, he's also yeah. um, our mediator. Yep. Yeah, between God and man, and so like that is uh, this role that he takes on as a king. Um, you know, I think I think and in, and in, in rightfully so. You know, us going through um, the progression, starting as king. Mm-hmm. Um, and all authority kind of puts to us um, this office of priest and this office of prophet mm-hmm. in a, in a new in a new way. Like, who is this guy that would humble himself and actually advocate for us? Yeah, um, yeah. ultimately die and and, um, um, and rise again on our behalf. Yeah, and so like this priestly role, um, you know, people to God and God to the people, mm-hmm. uh, and the ways that that Christ operates in that, I think is. Uh, I don't know. I get, it's just one of those. It's one of those roles that you, you find yourself so undeserving hmm. um, of, mm-hmm. of God's of, of Jesus even taking on this this role as as, as the great high priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's yeah. That's it, it. Does it does bring that into another level of appreciation when it's it's this it's this God of the universe, mm-hmm. the cosmic King mm-hmm. who humbles Himself to be our priest. Mm-hmm. Um, struck again by just that realization that Paul just kind of hints at the book of Hebrews, of course, unpacks in much greater detail mm-hmm. that Jesus is both the victim and the priest. Mm-hmm. He's the sacrifice um, and the, the one making the sacrifice. He's both. And, and that's really the way that he's, he is the blameless, the perfect sacrifice, the only one, the mm-hmm. only um, flawless uh, sacrifice. Um, but sacrifices themselves were not the ones that actually presented people to God, that, that mm-hmm. actually interceded or uh, reconciled people to mm-hmm. God. The priests used the sacrifice to do that. Mm-hmm. Jesus, being Jesus, is able to be both the victim and the priest, mm-hmm. present himself as the sacrifice to God the Father, yeah. which is what accomplishes our, our salvation, our right. ransom, our redemption. And um, 
so it's yeah i think that 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 what really struck me from paul's words this week in colossians 1 that that we will be presented holy and blameless and above mm-hmm. reproach before god and particularly in this year and in the circumstances that this year has entailed um you know john and you and i've got to talk about this together and uh, my bible study has been able to talk about this some and i know some of your bible studies have as well but you know this has been a, a trying year this has been a hard year in many many respects yeah. um really what this year has done which is a, a, a severe mercy a severe grace is has it's exposed um, the things that actually lie dormant pretty deeply in our hearts from mm-hmm. a, from a sinful standpoint. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, forever kicked out the, our, our ability to kid ourselves and overestimate ourselves that mm-hmm. we've actually become further along than we thought we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes when we start to think that, it's just that circumstances have been good enough and life's been manageable enough to kind of keep all of those sin patterns kind of like nice and bundled in and right. neatly packaged and only slightly or self-controlled in their expression where mm-hmm. like then a year of circumstances that are hard comes out and it it's not like it actually makes us more sinful it just exposes the stuff that that's there and right. lies dormant yeah. and so i having seen that in my own life having you know having to come face to face with gosh like i've gotten really angry and frustrated about why things can't be normal this year i've yeah. i've been um just wallowing in kind of like a self-pity and weariness at times of like, man, this is hard and I, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I don't want to pastor people through a pandemic and yeah. through the craziness of this year and um, my own idols, you know, like um, I, I think that I think that seeing all of those things in a new and deeper and fresh way in 2020 gave me that mm-hmm. much greater of an appreciation for Jesus as our priest who, who mm-hmm. takes, who sees all of that in mm-hmm. me and more that I still don't see yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and takes that and presents me, is able to present me blameless yeah. before God. So it, there's a, there's a beautiful illustration. I think it was Richard Loveless originally, but then it shows up maybe more, more famously, more, more widely known in the gospel centered life. Mm-hmm. It's called the cross chart. And it's this fantastic. If you just Google it, I'm sure you'll you'll find it there. But the cross chart is this is this fantastic visual depiction of the more we recognize the the holiness of God, and the more we recognize um, our own sinfulness. Not that we become more sinful, we just recognize what's actually there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as the gap between those two grows, the bigger the cross becomes, which is a representation of like how it's that much more worthwhile. We start to see the finished work of Jesus. It becomes mm-hmm. that more necessary, that much more worthwhile, that much more beautiful in our perception. Um, and I think that's been the opportunity of 2020. If we're, yeah. if we're willing to go there is to say um, we could come out the other side of 2020 with a deeper love for and appreciation for the worth of Christ and what he's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Part of that means you actually have to engage the the self-reflection and the, and the conversation in community about what, what this year has exposed in us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, to see, to see your own exposing of sin as a mercy is, um, um, that's hard. You know, that's for sure hard. It's one of those, it's one of those things that, uh, we don't, we don't like to see that in ourselves. Uh, we don't, we don't love our sin. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. I guess we can love our sin, but, um, we shouldn't love the things that, that ultimately bring destruction and, and, uh, and damage in our own lives and our and our mm. relationships, and yet God uses those these moments to reveal that in order that He can do something about it, 
that we would lay those things down, that we would bring those things to God, and mm-hmm. um, that we would we would let the Spirit and the Word of God work in our lives to, mm-hmm. to make those things, not just reveal them and then live with them and, and just kind of like accept that as the new reality, but to go, okay, well, what is this in my life now that, Hmm. that I'm seeing and, and, and other people speaking into those things and, hmm. and showing us and going, Hey, look, man, like you, you're just, you're an angry person hmm. or, or you've, you know, you've really, you've really crossed the line, um, uh, uh in your own marriage and your relationship with your hmm. kids or, or, or whatever these things are that hopefully we talked about this before of having people in your life to, uh, to call those things out yeah. in your, in your life. And, um, and doing that out of love and doing that out of care for the person that they would grow and mature and become more Christ-like, I think is um, the, should be the intent of that. Mm-hmm. But allowing those things to be revealed in us is hard. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hard thing. Yeah. Um, but not letting them sit, and, uh, but, allow, but allowing God to, to do something and changing us and, and shaping us to be more like Christ. is. Yeah. Um, that, that is discipleship. Mm-hmm. That is spiritual growth. Um. You know, this is the 2020 has kind of been like the microwave version of of those things being revealed and having to deal with them. Yeah, um, if you let it, if you're if, if you're you will, if you're willing to go there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which so I like, yeah yeah. So like you know, you've seen things in in me, and I've seen things in you, and we've been able to have some of these conversations at mm-hmm. least. And uh, I know my wife and I have had some of these conversations of mm-hmm. things that are revealing in ourselves, uh, mm-hmm. both good and bad that we've got to deal with mm-hmm. um, and how we deal with that is going to be important. If we try to self-medicate, if we try to uh, do the self-help version of all of these things, mm-hmm. we're going to find ourselves wanting and probably coming back to the same issues just manifested maybe in a different way. Yeah. Um, but I think that's for us to look at, at Jesus as our great high priest, the one who, um, makes the sacrifice necessary. Our need for the gospel, mm-hmm. as you were saying, man, like our need for the gospel being so apparent mm-hmm. when we see these things, yeah, um, is what we need. Like that's the conclusion we need to land on. Yeah, is that I need Jesus so much more. Yep. You know, that's the that's the saged wisdom of the older saints mm. who have lived this out and go, look, my, I've tried all these other ways. Yeah, I need the gospel. I need to believe. That Jesus is only is the only way. He's only sufficient for me, and that that I can't on my own yeah. do anything. No, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's um, yeah. Well said, John. Yeah the the other role, the other office of Christ that we just touched on lightly yesterday was Jesus as the preeminent prophet. Mm-hmm. Prophets, of course, being those who reveal God, who speak the truth of God. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus being God in the flesh, the Word made flesh and dwelling among us, the, um, the one in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, the, mm-hmm. the image of the invisible God, these beautiful mm-hmm. phrases from Colossians and mm-hmm. the Gospel of John and the book of Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Jesus is the fulfillment. He really is the, the Word of God, the Word of God revealed, mm-hmm. um, the pinnacle of God's special revelation, uh, as, it's, as it's sometimes referred to, uh, of himself. Um, and so where I kind of you know, took that with, you know, as, as the prophet being the one who reveals truth, uh, even we see this play out in the lives of the apostles, we are either, and sometimes both, really, uh, all of us have both of these in us, too obstinate to live in light of the truth. We keep mm-hmm. kicking against the goads. We keep trying to, trying to go our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, or too fearful to actually live in light of the mm-hmm. truth. And um, 
I think that fear aspect in particular is what just came to mind this past week as I, you know, reflected on kind of where we are right now in a society and as a culture and even where we are as a, as a church specifically uh, and where there are some of us uh, who are experiencing, you know, idols or, or, or anger welling up in us because of uh, what feels like an attack on individual liber- liberties and freedom and feeling like, okay, maybe there's some idolatry there going on in our heart. Uh, others of us have, have been consumed by fear. And uh, fear of contracting COVID-19, fear of spreading COVID-19, mm-hmm. fear of um, any of, of a number of things related to that job loss, um, mm-hmm. loved ones coming down with it, all, all kinds of things. But um, and it's not at all to say that, that you would never experience fear. Christians are, are people who experience fear. Mm-hmm. But we also handle fear in a different, fundamentally different way. Mm-hmm than people who don't have Christ and don't have the truth of God revealed so clearly and plainly through Mm -hmm. the one in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, that even comes all the way down to the fear of death itself Mm -hmm. and and Jesus being the one who conquered death as as the king who conquered death Mm -hmm. um, and then revealing the truth about himself that it actually is our greatest gain to be in Christ. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so whether we live uh, or die, Mm. Um, we can we can rejoice in that. We can yeah. live, uh, as Paul puts it, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Um, there is good for us in each of those things in different ways. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a um, that's another invitation for self reflection, um, mm-hmm. like all of these areas have been, where with your friends, family, Bible study group, um, if you've if you've been experiencing fear, particularly in light of this pandemic that we're in, or um, I don't know, maybe for you it's, it's politically motivated fear. Uh, maybe it's something like that. Um, but wherever that is, be willing to do the self-reflection and try to get to the, to the, to the bottom yeah. of like, well, what, yeah. why is that fear there? Mm-hmm. And what am I, what lie am I maybe believing that's not the truth that God has, has revealed mm-hmm. that's leading me to be consumed by fear? Mm-hmm. And, and how instead when I'm presented with whatever fear that is, how would the truth that has been revealed by God and most ultimately through the work of Christ and the mm-hmm. person of Christ, uh, how would that truth combat mm-hmm. or, or guide me through this mm-hmm. fear that feels so overwhelming and consuming right now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's in, in so many ways, like fear, fear can dictate uh, relationships. It can, it can, can dictate our, our even our, our movement as human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we, we do things or not and, um, you know, the Psalms talk about fear a lot. Um, one of the verses that I, I, I go back to when I, when I consider fear is, you know, uh, that, that there's this fear that, like, there's a lion outside, and so I can't go outside. Like, mm-hmm. there may be a lion out there, and mm-hmm. I, I can't go and, um, and live life. I can't go outside because, you know, I know lions exist, and lion, there might be a lion outside my door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in and, and that way, like, um, it can be paralyzing. Hmm. Paralyzing fear um, is different than caution, right? It's different than right. caution. Uh, it's different than 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 making wise decisions about what we should or shouldn't do. Or, um, you know, I think in so many so many ways, like we we sometimes just want to do things to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that exists in us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, like we are so fearful that we won't do anything. And so, hmm. how do we as Christians live? Uh, well, we live uh, that this this life is temporary. We hmm. live that this life is not the end goal. Yeah. You said it really well yesterday, Matt. Like, this is as bad as life is ever going to be for the Christian. Yeah. 
our existence today is as bad as it's ever going to be. Hmm. Um, And so we need to have a a view of heaven Mm -hmm. and a perspective of heaven and a desire for heaven. One that um, doesn't, doesn't keep us so uh, useless here on earth, you know, you know, so heavenly minded that become no earthly good. (laughs) Right. Right. That, that phrase. Um, But, we need to be heavenly minded. Yeah, as Jesus was heavenly minded. Oh, no doubt. Uh, we need to have a view of heaven and a desire for heaven and a perspective that that this life is temporary. Mm-hmm. Not only is it temporary, but let's be completely honest. It is. It is painful. Yeah. It is depressing. Mm-hmm. It is uh, agonizing. Uh, there is joy. Mm-hmm. There is great joy mm-hmm. to be experienced. There is great opportunity. So this is. This life is not useless, mm-hmm. but it is not ultimate. It is not penultimate in, in what uh, the Christian looks forward to. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so um, we, need, we need to view life here well. As Christians, we are, we are pro-life from the womb to the tomb. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, don't have a, mm-hmm. we don't have a perspective of like, you know, a uselessness of life or a, um, yeah. a futility of life that yeah. exists at any point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't want to rush to death. Sure. Right. Yep. We don't want to, we don't want to just run headlong into it because we don't think life has any value. Right. Um, we want to value it well, but we also want to live life well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, like we don't, we don't want to have these fears that cripple us from doing things that we shouldn't be doing. And for Christians, it's, it's, it's clear, like, um, you know, in, in good conscience, like we need to be able to 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 live present in our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to also live in a way that calls us to worship and being people of worship and a gathered people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like that is, you know, for us as a family, it's something that we've we've really pr- tried to prioritize mm-hmm. um, is being people who who gather for worship and, and taking caution. We need to like, like you know, we just came back. Um, from from Florida, mm-hmm. you know, the governor asked everyone who travels to, to get a test, so we got a test. Um, praise God, we're negative. Yeah, um, and uh, and that's that's a good thing. We want to take caution in in doing that. So, um, living your life though, it means you're you're out and you're doing things and you're you're with people. Or it, you know, for some uh, who are who are really, um, you know, uh, needing to take precautions because of age, because of uh, health conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, take those precautions that are necessary, but like also, I, we we know that there's such a there's a deep uh, need for each other you know, mm-hmm. to be gathered together. Uh, the need the need for relationships because we are uh, um, we are uh, interconnected in a way that is uh, so um, I think coming to bear how how important that is, hmm. and so because um, and we do all that and we have all of that because Jesus is. His words are true. He mm-hmm. is the, the prophet. His words are are true no matter the pandemic or not. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't yeah. change. It's not conditional on like how life is going. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so we can trust the, the, the prophet, the true prophet, uh, who speaks to us truth through his word, uh, will keep his word mm-hmm. and will not cause us to, um, when we follow his word, uh, cause us to... Um, experience um, the opposite of what his word calls us to. Mm-hmm. I know. So like he's not gonna he's not gonna call us into to error. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's that's a great comfort knowing we can do that, and um, 
and knowing that that we have this hope uh, that is found in Christ because of what he says and, and his words are true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, that's really where to, where to take it, I think, is um, there is reason for hope in the midst of the, the difficulty of this because Jesus is all of these things. There is, um, there is reason for hope, um, not, not wishful thinking, you know, not, um, not this surface level, just kind of, you know, uh, I hope circumstances get better. I hope they change. I hope mm-hmm. uh, a vaccine is produced fast enough to get you know the, the, a real depth of substance in this moment that says it's my confident expectation that Jesus, who is my prophet, priest, and king, uh, will complete the good work he has he has begun mm-hmm. uh, in me and in reconciling the world to himself. Yeah. Um, and that that is the source um, of real hope of objective hope of substan of substantial mm-hmm. uh, hope which can can lift our hearts and can give mm-hmm. can can lead us to be people who rejoice in the midst of the circumstances mm-hmm. and who uh, who do that um, not uh, turning a blind eye to reality but but actually because of reality mm-hmm. uh, because of ultimate reality and so um, yeah that that line from that song if, if it's helpful for you this week put it on repeat uh, a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, mm-hmm. and and ours is certainly a world that feels weary right now yeah. in many ways. It needs the thrill of hope again, and that's Jesus, prophet, yeah. priest, and king. No, that's good. Yeah, hey, thanks for joining us um, for the, the bonus edition of B-Side Podcast, and uh, we hope you have a great week. Uh, if you have any questions, again, you can continue to send those in, uh, although they don't have to be necessarily related to uh, your, your Bible study, as you, you guys may be on a break currently but uh we would love to invite that as well we'll we'll probably try to do this again over the advent season sure why not man it's a good time all right i hope you guys have a great week and we will talk to you